It's the lowdown until 2 o'clock. Jason Greger coming up at 2 o'clock today on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger playing the Alice Cooper. That that song is 51 years old to, uh, this year, I believe. Still kicks ass, though. I will say that. Time now for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport & Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport & Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. Not quite 95 years in our city, but Steve Lansky did a lot of great things here in his youth, and we welcome him to the show. How are you, Steve? I'm great. How are you, sir? I'm very well. It's Friday. I've only worked four days this week, so I'm feeling pretty pretty sprightly. I will say that. That'll do, That'll do it. So I, I, I heard you online, uh, on Twitter, uh, talking your talk, smacking your smack about the 8-1 loss by the Edmonton Oilers. And so for those who don't follow you on Twitter, and I can't imagine very many don't, but, uh, what was your take on the Oilers really having a, just a, a ghastly game? First game of the year, just a horrible, horrible game. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like, I don't get how a professional does that. Like, if you get pounded 8-1, to one, but the other team really, really outguts you and outworks you and, and you gave it everything you had, eh, I suppose I can understand that. There was no outgutting or outworking. It's like they got to three, maybe four, and the Oilers just said, oh, well, our next game Saturday. We can just check out mentally right now. And I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand the professional player who does that but you and I have talked about this before. There's a lot of things the Oilers do as professional players that I don't understand. And I think that game on Wednesday put a pretty good microscope on it as far as I'm concerned. So my follow-up to it, because I, I think that, that you are expressing what all many, many, I would say the, the, the large number of Oilers fans feel. Frustration about, you know, the, clearly a, a more talented group, but they, they did not win the game. Uh, and they weren't winning pucks, and they were not passing well. There was a lot wrong. The goaltenders weren't great, but they weren't getting any help either. So is are, are we talking about, we're a year away from Leon Dreisaitl having the option to sign again long term. If they get there uh, to next year, and he is not, you know, he's, he's maybe thinking about waiting another year and going to free agency, is that time maybe to look at trading Dreisaitl for a, a stud defenseman or changing the look, the atmosphere, the chemistry of this team? Well, what'd they do in that year, Al? Well, we don't know yet. Okay, no. without without that piece to the equation, uh, I, there's too many variables I can't answer. But I would say this. For me, after Wayne got sold, traded in whatever year that was, 1988. Um, I I don't think anybody's untouchable. I don't think anybody should be untouchable. But my question would be, what would you get back for Leon? Because if he had, let's say he had another year like he, like he had last year. Well, I'm not sure there's anything you could get back that would be as, how do I word this? as much of a guarantee as his points would be. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's funny because you, you just, you made a, when you started that question, you said, you know, you alluded to the fact that the Canucks beat a more talented team. Well, should we discuss what talent is? Because to me, skill and talent are two different things. The Oilers are highly skilled. They're a highly skilled hockey team. But talent encompasses a bunch of things. Mm, 
not I'm not sure I'd use that word for this club. Not after that eight to one pounding. But my question with Leon would be what are you getting back? Because I'm not sure you could ever because no GM is gonna give you something they want. It just doesn't happen. Um so what are you what are you getting back? You're never gonna get back his value. And that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. Well, you're never going to get you're you're trading the best player in the trade. There's no doubt about that. And chances are, most of your offers are going to be draft picks. And that's you know you you might be able to use those draft picks to lever another player that you like from another team in a three way deal. But the team trading for Drysaddle isn't giving you up anything they're going to find useful in a Stanley Cup run. Fair. Uh, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying. So I think we can argue that, and I, you know, I kind of felt this at the time, but I feel it now. Like when Wayne left the Oilers, I don't think he was done, but I'll tell you, he was close. He was, I felt like he had about three good years left, and honest to God, I think that's really what he had. And then he kind of slid down. I mean, Wayne Gretzky peaked when he was 22 years old. Not many players do that. But I think you'd have to look at Leon and say, you know, is he on that same scale as Wayne? I assume a year from now, Leon would have more left than Wayne did. But I don't know. But, I mean, do you want to start trading? You know, it's like the bird in the hand. Do you want to start trading somebody who's, you know, guaranteed 120 points, whatever it is, 50 goals, for draft picks? I mean, that's – I'm telling you, dude, that's a slippery slope because – I. I know scouts are professionals, but I can count the number of good scouts I've ever, scouts I've ever seen on one hand. It is a crapshoot to end all crapshoots when you're drafting when you're drafting young athletes. So to me, that's not a guaranteed thing ever. We can agree that you can't trade Connor McDavid, right? You you if he goes to free agency and leaves, that's one thing. But there's not there's not a unless you're the general manager retiring the moment you do it and the owner is selling the team. I just I don't think you can trade Connor McDavid ever. You're not gonna like this answer. <laughs> okay. That's why you're on the show. Dude, if you are in the sport business and last time I checked, these teams are Nobody, nothing is untouchable. It's not, especially if I don't see a ton of Stanley Cups or rings dangling off Connor McDavid. And the last time I checked, when Connor McDavid retires, and let's say he retires as the third highest scoring NHLer ever, I'm pretty sure he's not going to sit back, put his feet up and go, hey, I'm the third highest scoring NHLer ever, but I never won a Stanley Cup. I'm pretty sure that's not going to sit well because that's not what you're playing for. You're not playing to look good. You're not playing to get ink on a piece of paper. You're playing to raise that thing over your head like Wayne did four times, like Mess did. I lost count six times. That's what you're playing for. If you're not doing that, you are not untouchable to anybody who's in the business. So do you think it's more McDavid is more tradable than Leon? I do you'd have to expand on that question for me to understand it. Okay, so so um next summer Leon will have a year left and they can sign him. McDavid will have two years and his his stepping off point would be the following year. If you're sitting in a room next summer and you haven't won a Stanley Cup and you're Ken Holland or a replacement and you're contemplating making a move uh, who do you think would last longer and have more peak seasons after 2024? 
that's a tough question. I would say, now, I mean, it, again, it's a complete dice roll. There's no way to know. I would say McDavid, because to me, McDavid is, I, I'd like to see what Dreisaitl does without McDavid. I'm pretty sure I know what McDavid would do without Dreisaitl. Fair. I, right. I, I think they're a great compliment. But if you said to me, which one is more skilled when they drop the puck? I would say Connor McDavid. Leon has, uh, I don't want to diminish it by using this phrase, but I'm going to. Leon has a great bag of tricks, but Connor's bag of tricks is much, much bigger. It's no, it's, I still don't think it's where Mario Lemieux was, and I still don't think it's where Wayne's was, but Connor's bag of tricks is bigger. So to me, he'd have more value. And I think he'd also be perceived as a player who could do it without, without somebody riding in the sidecar, whereas I think Leon might have a little harder time with that. I'm gonna, I, because Lansky, people are already going to be mad at you, so I'm going to go one farther and make them even uh, madder. That's, right? so, that's okay. I, I'm not going <laughs> to lose any sleep over that, buddy. Um, if Mario is healthy his whole career, would he be the greatest player of all time? Did he, did he get more points than Wayne? I think he would, yeah. Yeah. How many cups did he win? Okay, well, here we go. He won, what, two? One? No, no, no. I know how many he won. I'm telling you, if he was healthy his whole career, how many cups did he oh, win? Oh, well, he probably four. I would say he'd win four. I mean, he was a great player, and they, they weren't good when he started, but they were great soon after. And he outscores Wayne? Yep. And then, yes, okay. he would be. All right. And, le- and let, me, let me tell you, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go in and throw up, because I can't <laughs> believe. I've never thought of that in my, I've never thought of that in my life. But if, if the answer if I have to answer that question, I would say yes. Well, because I, I will he, say he controlled a yeah he controlled a game the way Wayne did, but differently. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw him play enough. It, completely different style, right? Yeah. One one guy's a giant, one guy's not. One guy's very big with a huge reach, one guy's not. One guy skates by changing direction, you know, like a little water bug. One guy doesn't. He just kind of glides and smooth. But yeah, I. I Wow, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah. All right, well, I will, I will say I agree with you. If he was healthy, I think that, that those things would be true. Uh, yeah. Let's change gears quickly before anybody finds out what we're talking about. Steve Lansky joining <laughs> us on the Low Down, Low Tide on Sports 1440. Early impressions of television coverage. Every year, I always think there's a an attempt to reinvent the wheel, and then by the third week, it's back to normal. Uh, are you seeing anything in the first blush broadcast that makes you excited? Uh, this is this is just going to sound like grumpy old man. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> seeing anything that makes me excited. You know what makes me excited, Al? Innovation, thought, creativity, excellence. Excellence makes me excited. You know, I watched that, that Colby Armstrong piece. I've watched two of them now on the couch. I guess the first one was Sid and Bedard, and the last one was Leon and Connor. The part where they tried to do the saucer pass over the foam wall, I guess they didn't try to do it, they did it. I thought, man, that is really creative. That's really clever. The way they shot it was horse bleep, but it was really clever, that idea. That stupid thing on the sofa should be put into a cannon and fired into the sun. That is the dumbest amateur hour thing I've ever seen in my life. The guys don't want to be there. They feel stupid sitting on a couch in their uniform. I mean, it's obvious. Get them doing something they enjoy. You know this about athletes. You've been around them enough. You want to see an athlete loosen up? Get them doing something they enjoy. 
But sitting on a sofa, squeezed in, where oh, oh, there's no room. Oh, there's no room on here. Okay, we get it. There's no room on the couch. Is there any chance we could get to the next level? That, for, that needs to be fired into the sun. The other part is clever. I just look for that stuff, and I just I, I only see it in fleeting glimpses. You know, you're looking down an alley, and it flashes by on the next street. That's it. The rest of it is a dead brick wall. So let, let's 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 blue sky here. Let's just do some some uh, um, work here a little bit. So if I say to you, you know, great idea to get a guy in a comfort zone and not put him in a uniform, but what you you know the uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? What if it was hockey yep. players in cars getting coffee and just it driving could, around? It, it could be. I I don't want this to come off wrong. Okay. I think actors and comedians are generally fairly clever people, and they can extrapolate and give you things outside their comfort zone that are entertaining. I think, for the most part, athletes are entertaining at being athletes. Uh, Not many of them go on to be comedians, actors, you know, aside from Jim Brown, but he was a terrible actor anyway. So, yes, yes, he was. Uh, yes, he was. Great, great football player, but terrible actor. So to me, I wouldn't take them too far out of hockey because I think that's where they're comfortable. And, and I've always felt that, and, and I've done enough interviews with professional athletes, I should count one day. It, it'd be, it wouldn't be 500, but it might be 400. The quicker you can make them comfortable, the better. And you don't you don't put them in a place where they're not going to relax and where they're not going to talk to you about those things that you want to talk about. Because I have heard enough sports cliches to last me 6,218 lifetimes. I need something that's not that. I don't need a tour of your house. I don't need boring. You need you need to show me that athlete in a way I can't see them. The only way that you're doing that is if they're comfortable. That's it. The only way. Lansky, you rock. Thank you, sir. That was a great segment. All right. Thank you, my friend. Take care. All right. That's Steve Lansky in the community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. They're good information there. I mean, I I know he was a lot of his comfort zone with the Lemieux stuff, but you know we'd already talked about Leon, we'd already talked about McDavid. Might as well send him there. And then his end, his you know uh, dismount was on the media and and what what he liked and what he didn't like, and he's just golden there. So another fantastic appearance by our friend Mr. Lansky on the way. Todd Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's the Lowdown. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger, Kate Bush. Running up that hill? Well, Kate Bush and Declan are running up the hill. I'm sauntering up the hill, I would suggest. Something along those lines. So I want to get this conversation started. Before you zip out of the studio, I know you have to, Declan. We want to invite Tyler Uramchuk to join us. Tyler, uh, Declan is finding the full fury of low tide off the air, trolling him and mimicking him and making fun of him. Did you have a similar experience with me when you started working with me? Well, here was the beauty of when you and I worked together versus the setup I know you have now. I was in a different room. Even if you had a day where you were, you know, really grinding me on something, I could just pretend I'm busy in my other room. Declan, <laughs> you're within earshot 24-7 of each other, so I, I worry for Declan. That's going to take a lot out of him. <laughs> and the great thing is the perception of me in the world is that I'm the kind, nice guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So uh, now I'm going to start grinding you a little bit. I know part of you, a little piece of your soul left when you found out that Daryl Hall and John Oates and You Make My Dreams isn't the goal song in Toronto anymore. Yeah, I thought that was a good goal song. I don't know why everyone hated it so much. Like, I thought it was cool. I don't know. Um, but it was also their goal song for so long, and nothing went well for that organization. So, yeah, probably was time for a change. I will tell you this. It's a great song. And it, it, I don't know if it's the best song by them, but it's a great song for that, and it's got a great intro. So you do have good taste in that area. Um, so... Uh, Eight one was it was it was a ghastly game, and I know a lot of people are angry about it. My take was everybody was so bad that that I and and they have they're a very fine team, uh, and they're they're in the window of winning the Stanley Cup. You almost just have to erase it and work on things. Definitely be ready for the uh, you know opening face off on on Saturday night. But what's your takeaway from that game, and what what do you think the message should be to the Oilers? Aside from just, like, wake up, work hard, do what you do well. Um, I mean, if I could tell you my most concerning thing, it's that for the last 40 days, all we'd been hearing was, oh, McDavid and Drysdale, they have the guys coming to camp early for captain skate. No team's ever reported this early. Things are going to be different in Edmonton. And they came out of the gate slow. And you go back to the playoffs, think of how many games where the first period was atrocious. And in this game, it was no different. So it's concerning that we had to hear all this stuff about how much different it's going to be in Edmonton this year and how much more focused and dialed in everyone's going to be. And they were not more focused and dialed in. Like, the things that hurt them in that Canucks game, they didn't get out-skilled. They got out-focused, if you want to call it that, out-attention to detail, even though that's not really a sentence. Like, they were turning over pucks. They weren't in the right spot. We heard so much about this new defensive structure, and their defensive structure looked, quite frankly, terrible. It's concerning that they came back from camp early, and their attention to detail was so bad. My takeaway, I don't think they took the preseason seriously enough. I think you're looking at a few games there where, you know, Drysaddle was missing open nets and laughing to Hyman on the ice, and they were trying to toy with the opposition. And it looks good when you're playing an American League team, but as soon as you start trying to do that cutesy stuff in the regular season – NHL caliber players are going to pick off your passes every time. That's what happened. You're going to get picked apart when you're standing around trying to, you know, maybe jump the zone too early in the D zone. The other team's going to hem you in, and we saw way too much of that on opening night. Ekholm looks like he's back in the lineup, and that'll be uh, uh, boy, boy, the 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 pairing, and that might include Bouchard, who I expect will have a better game. Uh, how much of a difference would Ekholm's presence make, in your opinion? It's massive. He is their best defensive zone player, full stop, period. Him and uh, Evan Bouchard were a very, very good pairing together last year. Him coming back should go a long ways in settling things down for the Edmonton Oilers. It was clear they missed them last game, no? For sure. Absolutely certain. Um, If Connor McDavid came out for a pregame with pride tape, do you think Oilers fans would pay his fine? Yeah, I, I mean, probably. I don't think they'd have to. I think Connor's more than capable of paying his own fine, but I think it would endear him to the fan base. I think this is one of those decisions that there is a fringe 1% of hockey fans upset about it. 99% of hockey fans with good heads on their shoulders know what the good stuff that this initiative does. I think a lot of hockey fans in this area, again, if they have a good head on their shoulders, they know this is a local initiative and it showcases what good things can come out of Edmonton. And the fact that the NHL's taking the stance that they have is wildly disappointing. Yeah, amen to that. And also just spineless because they'd gone the other direction a year ago 
And so they, they're doubling back on something. They've built relationships and now they've torn them down. It's, it yep. is such a wrongheaded thing. Yeah. And part of it, like I see people being like, Oh, I don't want this kind of stuff being forced down my throat. This is the NHL. They're not picking a side anymore. No, they're quite clearly picking a side saying it's not allowed. If the NHL didn't want to pick a side, what they would do is they would say, wear it if you want, we're not going to force you, which is what they should be doing. Instead, they're coming out and outright banning it and giving in to bigoted views. I don't like it. Yeah, uh, I'm with you all the way. Tyler Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff joining us. I'm asking this question. People are getting outraged, but I want to frame it in a way uh, that that maybe takes the outrage away. We're a year away uh, from Leon Dreisaitl having the option to sign long-term. Let's assume the Otters don't win the Stanley Cup, uh, and we get to next summer, and Dreisaitl decides he wants to wait a year. It's a, it's a pressure point that has all kinds of ramifications for the future. Uh, I don't think he can trade McDavid, but is there any way, in your opinion, that an NHL general manager, either Ken Holland or otherwise, could contemplate trading Leon Dreisaitl next summer if he decides not to sign? If he tells you flat out, I will not sign here next summer, obviously you have to do that. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't even think there's a 1% chance of that happening. Maybe there's a 2% chance of him saying, hey, let me wait out the year, see how I do. Maybe I score 60 goals and I can make myself a little bit more money. I could maybe, maybe see that 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 scenario is at least formed in some way in reality. I don't even view that as likely. I think, look around. Mark Shifley just re-upped in Winnipeg. Mark Shifley. Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goalies in the league, just re-upped in Winnipeg. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are going to be career Edmonton Oilers. Those two guys are best friends and inseparable off the ice. They're dynamic on the ice together. And I think they're smart enough to know that their best chances of winning are together. I don't think that's going to change. If Drysdale, if something weird happens this year and Drysdale goes to the Oilers and Delia and says, I'm out next summer, then you need to do the responsible thing. And I'm sure whoever's GM would do the responsible thing. I just don't think that's going to happen. So now I'm going to send you another wonky question because it's out there. I think Chris Johnston had the story today. Yasapul Yarvi in Finland working out. He feels like he can sign as early as November. Uh, the orders are, uh, Connor Brown looks really good. I mean, I know they lost game one, but, uh, he has looked good you know, on that top six. They've got Hyman on the second line, and then, uh, the third line looks good with Fogel on right wing. Not really room, but he'd be good, uh, insurance. I don't think Pugliarvi would sign here, but is that a player you'd at least contemplate signing if, if he's willing to sign for 775? No. Uh, been there, done that. We know he doesn't particularly work well with the group of players the Oilers have, I'm good. I'll, you know, everyone who was saying it was Woodcroft and the organization that were the reason he wasn't a bona fide top six winger in the NHL. He went to Carolina and he was below average, average, whatever you want to call it. I know some people might want to throw fancy numbers at me. He didn't produce. I'm not interested in bringing a project into this lineup. This is a win now team. This is not a let's take some flyers and try to develop talent team. So, if he can get an NHL contract, I would expect that it's somewhere like in Anaheim or a San Jose where he's going to have a chance to run with top nine minutes and be given a bit of a leash. It will not be an Edmonton. Sports 1440, low down with low tide. Our guest, Tyler Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff. Want to sh- switch gears, if I may. Uh, Schneider is taking a lot of heat for that bringing in the lefty. I, I, 
I tend to believe we frame issues over the winter time from from October and they become real. He made a call that didn't work. Uh, the 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 Jays lost for more than that reason. Or, or do you think that the 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 heat Schneider is taking is fair? Do you think it's reflective of the reality of the situation? Where do you come down on that? No, I think it's an organizational philosophy problem. I don't think it's a John Schneider sat there in the dugout and went, you know what, I'm going to yank this guy. I don't think he's pitching that good. Like, no, that wasn't the case at all. I think everyone in this organization, top down, needs to take a long, long look in the mirror and think about how they handle things. And that's a 162-game process. And I didn't like the Barrios decision. I know John Schneider didn't act alone. If anything, over the last week, I think a lot of the hate has rightfully shifted to Ross Atkins, who came out and just gave an all-time dud of a press conference. Like, he threw his guy under the bus, and I have very little respect for anyone who does that. And the fact that he now sits there and goes, well, John Schneider's coming back next year after he torched him publicly, I think it's an embarrassing look. I thought Ross Atkins should have paid for that press conference with his job. I'm fine with Schneider coming back. I actually think he can be a good big league manager, and I think some of the hate he gets from the fan base is unjustified. That Barrios decision was dumb. It didn't cost him that ball game. The lack of impactful bats did, and that falls on Ross Atkins. A year ago, as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea was to get better leather in the outfield, to get lefty bats, and to get improved pitching. Uh, what do you think the priority will be this winter for the Jays in terms of personnel? I think last winter they overcorrected. They were this team that could mash home runs like no one else, but they couldn't run the bases well, they couldn't field well, and their bullpen stunk. This year, they gave, or in the winter, they gave up a lot of bats. Guriel, Hernandez, Mourinho, those are three darn good offensive players. And what did they become? One of the best defensive teams in the league with a top three bullpen and a top five pitching rotation, but they couldn't hit. I think this winter is going to be all about finding a happy medium. You're going to have Dalton Varshow playing center. Go get the best power corner outfielder bat that you can get. I really hope it's Cody Bellinger. I think he's a dream fit for this ball club. Um, go and find the happy medium and fix your overcorrection from last winter. Final question, who wins the World Series? Phillies over the Astros. My boy Frank Saravalli will be dancing in the streets. He'll be shotgunning beers at Citizen Bank Park. <laughs> he'll be loving it. Phillies are going to do it. He'll, he'll be wearing his Mike Schmidt jersey, and it'll be yeah. fun to watch. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game this weekend. All right. Down on your M, Chuck. Daily face-off. Some really interesting takes there. I liked his uh, I liked his uh, responses to every question. Actually, did a very nice job. The, I always loved bickering back and forth with him, as I do with you, because you don't you don't just stand there. You you send the when it's when you send back a shot, it's usually a passing shot at a la Federer, which is it should be. Mm, I'll, yeah, I'll take him one further. I slip the jab, rip the body when wow. I come back at you. A little boxing reference for you. Not bad. <laughs> You're bringing it on Friday, you know. It's uh, now we got to bring it. Remember back on Tuesday when we were lollygagging yep. and we had too much tryptophan. Tryptophan, yeah, yeah. After we were we were slow when we the hit the radio Monday. We got to be bringing this stuff. We got to be fast. Yeah, yeah, you know, Apollo Ono. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's Monday. You and me. Eyes can't hit, but they can't see. Lowdown with low tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown on Sports fourteen forty. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. Sailing on to the weekend. There's games to play. Going to be a fun show on Monday. Now, I will tell you, as a veteran of over 40 years in the radio industry, and several of them doing sports talk radio, 
I, as a fan of Oiler fans, want you to enjoy yourself and have a great time, and that means a W. I will tell you, in terms of content, radio, writing, arithmetic, all the others, phonics, the Oilers losing Saturday night would be... I mean, somebody would have to come in here and do a show on Sunday. That's how wild it would be. It, I, I just can't see it happening. But if they lose Saturday night, it's a story. It's a big story because you can't, you know, 8-1, man, we were flat. We just didn't have nothing. If they do it again, thunder of the gods time. You're 0-2 and you've been outscored 16-2. I mean... There is not enough dirt on the planet to hide from that. My goodness, I do not think it will happen. Now, I don't know what your weekend plans are. You're busy. You're a happening individual. You're popular with your friends. Your neighbors love you. They wish they saw you more. There's a lot for you to do. I get it. I understand. However, Century Casino on Saturday night, is having a great, great Sports 1440 home opener watch party. Kevin Carius will be there to host it. Starts at 8 o'clock. Kevin will guide you through the evening. There's prizes to be won, including Edmonton Zamboni Cooler. You can go to Sports 1440 for all the information. Declan's going to be there. Or what are you going to be wearing? Mm, that's a good question. I'll probably be wearing a hat that's on backwards. That's a safe bet. So good. A baggy sweater mm-hmm. and some white Nike shoes. Stop it. Stop it. It's too just too it's too hot. I know, you know? it's gonna look good. It's gonna look it's <laughs> gonna be eye candy, but that's not what we're there for. We're there to watch the game. Yeah. And and we anticipate a, a, a solid to rocking crowd and uh I think I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's it's it, it's a great place to watch anyway, but it's gonna be a fun game because you know, when, uh, I always say sets his jaw. That's how I describe it. But Connor McDavid has this look where if something makes him mad, he sets his jaw and it's like, okay, I'm going to drive this train through that wall and then I'll see what happens after that. And I, I have a feeling he's going to put the team on his back Saturday night and it's going to be fun, 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 fun to watch. I'd be intrigued by Jessup Yarvi signing. There was still too much from want from this player upon his exit. He could be a do-over reclamation project that could hit. I like the gamble from Sean. Well, I think he was injured in, in Carolina. If he's healthy, I'd take a shot at it. I don't think he'd sign here. Honestly, I don't. I think at Carolina. Lots of teams have been impacted by a flat cab. Holland was maybe not a great cap manager or drafter. Yeah, I would say that he did a better job than Shirelli getting his team to a Stanley Cup contender, though. I would say that. Now, there's a lot of shrapnel. The money ran out and the engine blew, but he got them there. I still think they would have been better off getting somebody like Toronto did. And he's no longer there. He's in Pittsburgh. But I think I think a guy who had a lot of analytics background probably would have handled the cap better. Just my opinion. Vegas has a good thing going, trading pieces before they uh, play in the shine off and lose value. Broberg, Holloway, and Borgo have to be the only prospects they keep. Everything else needs to be burned for the next three years. The problem is the other guys don't have value. 
Drysaddle has produced with Connor consistently. Connor is better for sure, but Leon is the number one center on 30 teams. Well, he's very good. I don't think anybody, anybody is going to, you know, argue that. Are you and Lasky surprised Ovi and Crosby will potentially end their careers with teams that drafted them? Coach Mike, I, I'm not. I don't think Steve would be. People were so happy to hear Steve and I on the radio. He wouldn't have more points than Wayne, but more goals. Well, he'd be there. I mean, he'd be there. It was one game, judge the autos after 10 games. That's my point. Is that what frustrates me? Do we took our last break, right? We did, yeah. We got about eight minutes here before we got to go. Well, I was surprised by how much time I had. What frustrates me is that I keep, like, I really, I'm not an analytics guy. I know the smart people and I follow them and, and I appreciate them. I genuinely do. But I, I feel like there's inconsistencies. And I mentioned Schneider earlier about the Jays. There's inconsistencies there. But there's also inconsistencies when you say, well, you need, uh, you need a certain amount of time or you need enough data or data. Um, are you a Star Trek fan? No. Okay. So, um, and and that's true but when you when when something happens in a small sample like a playoff series the same people who say that tend to over overrate that that quickness that the one event like i i guess i'm talking about luck when does it become a skill when did woodcroft make the mistake by not running mcleod and when is it luck i don't have an answer but i don't think you do either and that's my point is there's a lot of ramming down the throats by analytics folks that that is puts me off that makes me feel like you 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 won the war and now you're just trying to you know get rid of the opposition and I don't understand that we can still have a dialogue and I can still ask questions and it used to be that people would answer them but now it's it's not like that it's you got to dummy people and I don't get it I don't understand it I think that there's there's a way to make your point without making it personal. And a lot of the analytics community now just doesn't have any interest in that. And I think it's partly because the analytics community used to be the outlaw. And now, now they're the established media. And they have adopted the attitudes of the established media. And I don't like it. I've always been an outsider. Always been an outsider in terms of the media when it comes to sports. I don't hang with anybody. The orders don't hang with me, and I don't hang with them. I don't hang with other media guys, not really. And I do that because I think that makes me independent. It makes my opinion unlike others. I'm not beholden to anybody. And so that used to be the way the analytics analytics people were. And I still think, like Puck IQ people, I still think they do that. But there's a lot that don't. And I think in doing that, you, you not only lose the force of your message, but you lose your credibility. And that's what's happened a lot, in my opinion. Just keep politics out of hockey. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that the NHL deserves criticism for backtracking. Uh, I just will go there. You know, you have to in in life, and it doesn't matter what it is. If it's in, if the person you love in your relationship, or if it's if it's the person, the company that you work for, you you have to be honest. 
you have to take a stand and you have to have the courage of your conviction. I was taught that from a child and it still applies. You can't do this. You can't say one thing one year and then do a different thing the next year. You cannot do it because you, you become less. You become weak. You become unattractive. People don't want to, they don't want to foster with you. They don't want to become part of you. They don't want to be associated with you. They may not want to advertise with you because guess what? They can't count on you. They thought they could and then they couldn't anymore. This is important stuff. This is life stuff. You go, you know, and I say be a man, but I, I mean, or women, it doesn't matter. Be a stand up human being. If you don't believe in something, say it. And if you change your mind, say why you changed your mind. And it better be good. And, and the NHL is an entity. And the NHL built relationships and trust. And the NHL asked Connor McDavid to put himself out there. And it asked Brian Burke to put himself out there. And they did. And then they walked it all back like it meant nothing. And, and that is wrong. It's wrong. And that's where the NHL is today. They're wrong. That's not a good place. And especially because the opening of the NHL season has been clouded by all of this. And that's not politics. That is not politics. That is character. That's what I'm talking about. What is your character? Make a decision. Let it be known. And let the chips fall where they may. And don't backtrack. Not ever. There's a whole hell of a lot of that going on right now. And it's just wrong. It disappoints me. The NHL always disappoints me. Always. But this is really bad. You've, 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 let, you've allowed your, your, your stars, your mega stars, your people who drive the game, you've left them out there. You've just left them on an island. Good job. Great effort, NHL. JP will be a fantastic third liner in future if he accepts that role wholeheartedly. That is his strength. His eyes narrow. Well, maybe that's it too. I see his son's jaw. But maybe he sets his jaw and his eyes narrow. I always think of him. You know who I think of him? And this is going to be a, a, an unusual um, point. But I think of him as the outlaw Josie Wales. Have you ever seen that movie? You have never seen that movie. Uh, are you asking me? Yeah, I haven't, but I know of it. Okay, so in the outlaw Josie Wales, it's a it's a it's a very like it's a powerful film. Um, in the outlaw Josie Wales, he absolutely uh, it has this horrible thing happen to him, and then he just he just gets revenge everywhere. And it's a beautiful thing. But there's a couple of times in that movie where he sets his jaw and he, he looks. And one of them is he's about to shoot like five guys coming out of a grocery store. And and that does remind me of Connor McDavid. So I don't know what Connor. I, I never thought I'd put Connor McDavid and the outlaw Josie Wales into the same sentence. But there it is. The NHL has no guts or character. Well, that's what they look like today. They're just disappointing. And you know what? I'm People are like, oh, you're mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Because because they were, you, you'd, you'd already built the bridges. You'd already done all the hard work. 
all the hard work had been done. And that's the one thing you could hang your hat on. Well, the NHL does this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. But look what they built. That's a good thing. Boom. Disappointing. Billion-dollar business don't have character, only a bottom line. And yet the bottom line will suffer because of this. This is not a winning hand you're playing. I'm preparing for an NHL can go to hell. (laughs) I totally agree, LT, the rig. Josie Wales is a great movie. It is. People never believe me when I tell them the movies are a great movie. That one is a great movie. And just so I may, before I go, I know I have to go, right? I'm done. Um, I want to recommend a movie to you, and you have to watch it. And please watch it when you're in a good mood, and the idea of watching a movie appeals to you, and you will love it. It's called You Kill Me, okay? Uh, uh, ben Kingsley is in it. Tia Leone is in it. Uh, Luke Wilson is in it. Dennis Farina is in it. Bill Pullman is in it. It is a great movie. You kill me. Watch it when you're in a good mood and you've got plenty of time and no distractions. It'll make you laugh so hard, but it's a great, great movie. And the scene at the uh, funeral home is so funny, I still think about it and I almost shake when I do. Do we have any time at all? Yeah, I mean, you got about 30 seconds if you uh, okay. want to give a little bit more. Listen, head out, okay, would you please? Uh, the Century Casino, Saturday night, tomorrow night, Kevin Carey is hosting Century Casino Sports Bar, Century Casino on Fort Road starting at 8 o'clock, Edmonton, Vancouver, all kinds of prizes. It's the Sports 1440 Home Opener Watch Party. Jason Greger, next time for an update now.